Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? So we are firmly in the December season of darkness as we are heading into solstice, Yule time, Christmas for those of that have celebrated. We've already, we're already at the end of Hanukkah when this comes out. And so today I wanted to talk about my relationship to this time of year and some of the things that I've been really thinking about as I explore what it means to kind of dive into the darkness and really explore in my body and and how it's impacting um, my dream life, my experience of spirituality, and just my overall sense of magic at this time of year. So this episode really was um, sparked by uh, sitting in church and it's Advent. And so I go to a small Presbyterian church in the sort of outlying Seattle area and every year they decorate for Advent. And most churches do. Most churches have some type of greenery. Um, They have some type of you know, Christmas trees or snowflakes or something. I uh, actually have like a really great relationship with this time of year uh, because I got married at this time of year. So um, often people are like surprised because most people seem to want to be getting married like in, you know, June, July, August, um, maybe even into September. And I haven't met a lot of people who have really... um, embraced being uh getting married in the winter months and so it actually sparks a lot of really really great memories for me because um when I was uh the year that we got married so my husband and I got married in 2008 and in Seattle uh there was a snowstorm (laughs) so Seattle isn't really known for its snow but when we do get it, it it becomes kind of debilitating in the um, in the city because of the hills and the kind of lack of snow plows. And so, you know, December 20th of 2008, my husband and I tied the knot and there were inches of snow, uh, and it made for just an absolutely magical, uh, wedding. Um, albeit a little bit dangerous for my guests to get, to get here. Everyone made it, made it here safely. Um, But I just, I love how church sanctuaries are decorated during the Christmas season, the Advent time. And I just, so much happens in the month of December and so much um, 
I know that this is both personal in my um, very, you know, ex- lived experience. Um, but I know that the, it's universal. If if you can't relate to getting married in December, um, I'm sure that you could uh, relate to just there being a lot going on, the hustle and bustle in um you know, holiday parties and and work parties and just trying to go anywhere. It seems like there's always like traffic and stuff. And so we, as we were sitting in church and I was, you know, we were singing some, some Christmas carols and, and thinking about the Advent story. And it wasn't the, the actual um, biblical scripture for the day. We, we follow a liturgical calendar because we're Presbyterian, um, which means that there's pretty set um, verses that we read at certain times. Um, but as we were, as the, the pastor was reading, I just kept thinking about the story of Mary. And so that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is the story of Jesus's mother, Virgin, the Virgin Mary, and how she relates to tarot. And then I also want to talk about um, some more aspects of how this this season relates to me specifically. Um, so in the uh, Gospel of Luke, which is one of the four um, books of the Bible, if you're not familiar, one of the four books of the Bible that tells the story of um, Jesus's kind of like the pregnancy um, and the birth and sort of the the beginning of his life. And so those are called the gospels. And in the gospel of Luke, um, we, we learn about Jesus's mom and it says that, um, God sent an angel, Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So as I was sitting in the pews and having sort of a different experience this year with the Advent season, I was, I was just filled with kind of some, some remembrance. And so I want to kind of weave in my own personal story with how this um, relates to tarot. So Growing up in evangelical Christianity, which I think for people who haven't um, experienced sort of the nuances of Christianity, um, don't realize necessarily the differences between um, a Presbyterian church where I go, which is considered a mainline church, and evangelical Christianity, which is um, less guided by kind of uh, a governing boards and and in 
less kind of concerned to with uh, tradition. And so when, when I was growing up, the story of Jesus that happens at this time of year, this Advent time, um, which of course there's, you know, huge historical implications in the story is that Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th, like spoiler alert, <laughs> that was not um, the case. And we could, we could have a really great conversation sort of unpacking and going down the rabbit trail of history and, and figuring out you know, how um, really a lot of these pagan holidays were um, co-opted by the Christian church as it moved into the different countries that it was colonizing. But growing up, I had virtually no information, knowledge, there was zero emphasis on Mary as um, as a person and as a person who... Um, gave birth to arguably one of the, the most influential people in the history of the world. When I was in college, I started to attend um, a small Catholic church um, with some people that I was going to school with. And that was where sort of the story of Mary and kind of the tradition of Mary um, that has been passed down in the Catholic church was really something that started to kind of percolate in my mind or let me to even um, really pay much attention. I feel like in, in the biblical story, um, from what I was, what I was told growing up, there was really just like a tiny introduction to her in this chapter where she's pregnant. She gives birth. We hear about her when she, when Jesus is 12 and he gets lost on this caravan that they're going on. And then she's there at the cross when he is crucified. And there isn't much um, between those, those stories. And yet, I really, even in college, as I was, um, you know, given information about Mary from the Catholic tradition, it really wasn't until I was pregnant myself, that I actually started to contemplate Mary's life and Mary's role in this whole story and how much nuance was missing from the story that I um, had been taught. And so over the years, um, I have learned a couple of things that I think are important um, to talk about. And that is this idea of Mary being chaste and Mary being um, sexually pure. And this goes against sort of the, the tradition, um, the Catholic tradition too, of um, the Immaculate Conception um, and that she, that Mary was kind of eternally chaste and will remain eternally chaste. And there's actually um, some evidence that the word virgin um, in ancient languages, what it actually meant was uh, a, a discussion or a, a reference to um, ancient priestesses who were called virgins and that it meant um, a woman one in herself, unto herself. It wasn't about um, sexual chastity, um, but actually that it it meant um, this person didn't belong to anybody else. And so I think about that and how 
um, that just changes the whole story for me that it wasn't just, you know, just some vessel and she was just married to some guy or she was engaged to some guy and, um, didn't really have any sort of autonomy in her life, but that actually, um, she had a lot of power, um, in, in herself, but then, um, I wanted to relate this to the high priestess card and the empress card, because as I was sitting in church and thinking about, um, back to my own experience of being pregnant. Now, my son, my oldest son is turning seven on December 20th. <laughs> you might have, um, actually heard that date before. So yes, my son was born on our third wedding anniversary, which what are the odds of that happening? Um, probably not very high though. Uh, so I was pregnant my last little bit of time, the last couple of weeks I was pregnant in during Advent. And that was when I really started to feel bodily in my life, what it was like to be pregnant and to think about welcoming a child into, into my life. And it was, it was magical and it was terrifying. And understanding in myself that the um, the story of Mary and Jesus didn't historically happen in the winter time. It didn't matter for me. It felt really, really powerful of this period of waiting and waiting and darkness and waiting and waiting for um, this magical being to come into the world. And and so as I was sitting in church um, this Advent season, I was really struck by how I was able to really experience and tap into um, the story below the story, kind of the feeling, recognizing um, in, in my soul, in my spirit, sort of this deeper um, story, deeper connection to spirituality, to God or to source or to the universe um, that kind of exists outside of the, the strict Christian narrative. As I was seeing the Christmas trees and the, and the poinsettias and the snowflakes, I was really drawn and connected into um, my uh, Scandinavian heritage and sort of this pagan idea that I um, this pagan spirituality that exists beyond Christianity um, and was definitely folded into Christianity when um, they, you know, colonized and kind of did sent the missions. But I was really, I was just really struck by how this time of year can be so magical to me and so magical to all of these people that are going into church and experiencing. Um, and it just, it was just a really, it was just a really beautiful thing for me to be sitting there and thinking and witnessing. While thinking about how Mary was experiencing both the high priestess and the empress card in her experience of becoming pregnant, if we take this story kind of literally, and um, 
being pregnant and having a child and and all of that and how she kind of wove these two archetypes these two different energies together the high priestess as number two in the major arcana in the traditional imagery is sitting on a throne and she has um she's dressed in blue and she's got the moon on her head and she's holding um, a scroll and it's just it harkens back to a lot of the actual imagery of the Virgin Mary, of Mary dressed in robes, kind of that are flowy and having sort of the halo around her. When I was at a secondhand store the other day, um, I picked up a statue, a white, like kind of marble-ish, you know, fake marble um, statue of, of Mary holding sort of the infant um, Jesus. And I just was really struck with this um the flowiness of the robes and just kind of this internal wisdom she you know is just hanging out and she's living her life we know from you know historical fact that she was probably around 14 15 years old and when this angel just comes to her and there was there was some fear and some trepidation there but then there was also this just kind of like deep intuitive knowing of like okay this is this is my path or this is i've been chosen or this is something that i um can participate in and then there was that that idea of the empress as receptivity of saying okay how do we blend the inner intuitive knowing this deep sort of like um exploration mystery and then the um the physicality that the empress provides right when i think of the most the time that i most embodied the empress in my life was when i was pregnant with my children i had to be so physically tied to this earth and be um, aware of what was going on inside my body that it was um it just felt like a really beautiful um empress empress time and so this is just kind of what i've been um you know, thinking about is how mary has within that story and we only get such a tiny part of the story um that i wish that there was so much more that we could really know um from the story and and I mean that in the, I wish it was in the text that was chosen because there is so much more information that has been passed down um, historically, but has also been passed down in different writings um, that, that isn't um, considered by the church to be the, um, the truth, right? And I think that that's a real, that's a real shame. But the other part of this time of year as I'm thinking about the relationship of Advent and the, then the relationship of kind of this waiting and waiting for the light to come back and how it really impacts um, my life is growing up this time of year was really magical to me um, even if we didn't have the story of Mary, but because I had the story, or at least the knowledge that femininity was um, not necessarily encouraged, but it was it was a part of the Advent story in the Scandinavian countries. And I was, of course, disconnected from my um 
my bio, my biological family, um, and even disconnected from knowing what my uh, kind of ancestral makeup was, other than I did know, and I was told that I had Scandinavian heritage, which is actually pretty pretty obvious when you look at me. Um, most people can tell or like assume that I have some Scandinavian um, heritage. But in addition to my my wedding being in December and my oldest child being in December, the story that goes way, 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 way back for me is that my birthday is in December and it's actually today, December 13th. And this day is my birthday, <laughs> but in the traditional um, Scandinavian, uh, well, in the traditional Scandinavian holidays, it is, it was considered the darkest day of the year. Um, before the Gregorian calendar or the Julian calendar, it was, it was the darkest day of the year. And it only in the, in the past couple hundred years, so 200, 300 years, has December 13th been kind of like considered a major, major holiday. Like it's like celebrated kind of on a national level. Um, but it's St. Lucia's Day or St. Lucy's Day, which is um, a feast day that happens on the 13th of December in Advent. And it's commemorating a Christian martyr, St. Lucy, who, according to legend, um, brought food and aid to Christians that were hiding in the catacombs using a candlelit wreath to light her way and leave her hands free to carry as much food as possible. And what I loved about this growing up was that I had a connection to my birthday, to my ancestors, to this idea of light being brought into the world through a feminine vessel. And even though it wasn't connected to the traditional story of Christmas that I grew up with, um, it lived in my body in a way that felt really, um, really true and really beautiful. And you can see the sort of the traditional, you can just look up St. Lucia's Day um, online and you can see the traditional dress was the eldest daughter would wear um, a white dress with a red sash and a wreath um, with candles lit. And there are um, beautiful celebrations where they have parades and they have children singing and but the the um, in, in invitation that I had been given into this story was really that it was just um, a family event, a family experience where um, young girls would would wear these would dress, you know, light the light the candles and would bring nourishment in the form of food and coffee to their parents. Um, and then it would be kind of like a celebration in the early morning hours um, of December 13th, which was my birthday. A couple of years ago, I had um, the opportunity and by had the opportunity, I mean, I took the opportunity because my birthday, December 13th, fell on a Saturday. And I decided with two of my really great friends um, who put up with some of my shenanigans, my antics, to wear my wedding dress 
because my wedding dress was white and um, I also had a red sash with my dress and I made myself um, a crown, a wreath of, um, of leaves and candles. And I went downtown Seattle to um, Pike Place Market and I passed out candy canes to little kids as St. Lucia, which um, I was actually really beautifully surprised by how many um, people actually recognized um, me in that outfit as um, as this historical um, Scandinavian kind of icon, which um, shouldn't have surprised me because Seattle actually has a pretty large Scandinavian population. And so I just remember that the eyes lighting up of a couple of these little kids who had um, their parents told me that they had actually just come from the Nordic Heritage Museum um, presentation of St. Lucia's Day. And they were just heading to Pike Place Market and to see me, it was just like, it felt like seeing Santa Claus and, um, to them like their eyes just kind of lit up in that same or seeing like a Disney princess at you know Disneyland their eyes lit up in this similar way and what was really great what was really cool for me is to kind of feel like I was a part of that um that magic um but not um Santa Claus is very masculine. The story of Jesus seems to kind of be um, used in this very masculine way. Um, but to be able to be a part of a story that had some feminine energy um, attached to it. So as I've been leading up to December 13th, um, as, I, as we are heading into the um, official solstice um, that happens in um, winter solstice that happens this time of year on December 20th, 21st, um, I have been actually spending a lot of time kind of in the dark. And the dark is something that I don't necessarily really love. Um, it makes me sleepy and it goes kind of against this capitalistic values around um, productivity and needing to just kind of um, be really like productive and um, that I have been um, using candles instead of incandescent light bulbs and um, trying to really just sort of embrace this darkness and um, spend some time kind of just in quiet contemplation, not rushing, kind of going through this idea of just waiting and spending time just thinking about where I've come from um, thinking back, it's been really sweet to just kind of snuggle with my oldest and talk about the time before he was born and how, um, you know, just that, that period of waiting that happened when, um, I was pregnant with him in those last couple of weeks and then talking about his birth and how it was just this magical experience that also came on, um, my uh my anniversary and it's just it's something that I didn't I didn't get to grow up with these stories when I was um when I was a kid because there was like very little knowledge of um 
my birth history, my birth story. And that was kind of a real travesty to me. Um, it was, it, it made me kind of feel disconnected from um, myself or my place. I just kind of feel like I plopped into my family at day three. And so um, to, to be able to share that with my son is like, I don't necessarily know all the details of my birth, um, but getting to share with him the story of how I waited and I, and I had that inner secret knowledge that was very much reminded me of Mary, that, that high priestess knowledge and the physical embodiment of the empress and um and just how i waited and then he showed up and it was that idea of not just like physical light you know but spiritual light into the world and into our lives when i think about the word virgin as a woman unto herself um kind of unattached that really is how I felt before I had children, even though I was married, even though I had, um, you know, uh, a house and a dog and a husband and, and kind of did the traditional American, um, American life. I, it wasn't really until I had kids that I, I felt really tied to this world in a really physical way. And I think that that is kind of the beautiful story that, um, Mother Mary um, has to offer, and and I also think this um, this story that um, Santa Lucia has to offer of bringing um, physical uh, nourishment and um, you know kind of protection and this light that those stories kind of all weave together in my brain at this time of year, and it just it feels deliciously magical, and so. I think it can be easy to kind of uh, get caught up with the hustle and bustle and stress of this holiday season. It's like, oh, what, whose gift am I going to buy this and this and this? And okay, I've got stuff for this person. And okay, well, on this day, we're going to go here. And it can seem really frenetic and really um, overwhelming. And so I just encourage you to kind of, you know, take some time to do some of these quieter, come. Con more contemplative um, activities about thinking about how do you weave this this deep intuitive um, archetype with this really physically embodied receptive archetype in your life and how can we spend the next um, you know couple of weeks through Christmas and through um, New Year's and even into January how can we spend that time knowing that we're, we're waiting for the light to come back? We haven't ha yet hit the darkest day. Um, and after December 21st, light comes back into our world. If you live in the Northern Hemisphere, where I live, it's only about a minute <laughs> every, um, every day or so. But those tiny little drops of time add up just like... Um, when I light the candle, I've been lighting my candles um, to take a shower at night before bed and, and in the morning to get dressed. And it's amazing how just one tiny candle, that little, little light can just light up a whole room if I let my eyes adjust. So I want to say to you, happy St. Lucia's Day, and we will talk soon.
Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.